0: Pastor Chooks, along with his wife, Pastor Toyin, are the lead pastors of Resurrection Life Church in Johannesburg, South Africa. Through them, God is raising an army of ordinary men and women who are transforming and uplifting the standard of life in their communities through understanding and applying biblical principles. Pastor Chooks and Pastor Toyin frequently host workshops, seminars, and conferences for transformation and uplifting of the complete man, complete woman, and wholesome families. Some of the events and programs include the Dream Achievers Seminars and Conferences, Kingdom Financiers Conferences, Marriage Enrichment Courses and Seminars, For Wives Only Seminars, Single Ladies Boot Camps, Limitless Men's Seminars. They are also the founders of the Power of Woman Academy, a group mentorship for high-impact women. They also host the annual Power of Woman Conferences and Events. For more information, please visit www.idelight.co.za and www.rizlife.org.za or WhatsApp 814 210
1: 27814-210-835. Oh, welcome, welcome. It's another Thursday evening and it's the Amazing Power of Women broadcast. Um, we are here every Thursday. My name is Toyin Goher, and with me is... <laughs> ah, trip, so <laughs> Bina Ugo, yeah. and we're here for another acts. Um, no, amazing power of women. Um, last week we had our Axe your gynae session. It was such a powerful, powerful time. Um, and we had to have a part two. We had to have a part two. So today we're going to continue with our part two on the Axe your gynae session.
2: All right. And we were talking, um, the topic was when you are ready to have a baby and it It is is not not happening
0: it's not happening yeah that
2: was the that was the topic and um we had dr gamete as our guest last week yes we couldn't finish all that she had to share and so we're going to continue there today with dr gamete um just dealing with the medical part or side of things i Mm -hmm. think next week we're going to get into the social side of things and the spiritual side of things Mm. the topic is when you are ready Ready to to have a baby and it is not not happening happening. all right so um we're going to take a quick break and and then then when we come back dr gameza will be on and i'm going to interview her um and we chat and have a conversation you're going to be benefited much even in this uh, broadcast today okay
1: so we after the break we will just have pastor chooks and dr gugu Gameze. thank you enjoy
0: the Power of Woman Academy is a group mentoring program for high-impact women. Women who want to change their lives and their worlds and move on to the next level. Power of Woman Academy is aimed and tailored at unleashing the passion and greatness locked inside you as a woman as you walk the journey of life over the mentorship period with our team of distinguished and well-accomplished mentors from all walks of life. Our mentors are indeed destiny helpers. These mentors come to inspire you. They come to encourage you, to challenge you, to teach you, to stretch you, and to empower you. They are committed to helping you fulfill your highest potential and help you birth your wildest dreams that have been placed in you by God. For more information about the Power of Women Academy, please visit www.powacademy.co.za or for inquiries, call 064-200-1545. All
2: right. Welcome, Dr. Gamitse. We are grateful for another week. Uh, last week was awesome. We... We thank God for you and for the wisdom and the expertise. Welcome to the show once again tonight.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Chooks. And thank you so much to the viewers at home and to the listeners.
2: All right. We are going to continue the conversation, uh, from last week. Um, we, we were asking the question when you get ready to have a baby and it is not happening. When you get ready to have a baby and it is not happening what do we do um, we were addressing it from a from a medical perspective so please dr Gamezé can we carry on with that conversation where we stopped last week
1: okay just a, a recap on what we discussed on our last session we did uh, acknowledge that there comes a time when as a family, we're ready to have children and it doesn't happen. So we say that can be primary cause or secondary cause. By primary cause, we say that when the family or the couple has never had children before, or one of them has never had a a child before. And if it is um, secondary, It is when now you've had the first or second um, child, but now you are ready to have the next one. It does not happen. We say that it's important to seek medical attention if you are uh, older than 35 at six months of trying. If you are younger than 35, it could be after a year of trying. So we said the causes can both be male-based and female-based. We did look at the um, societal biasness towards the female being the infertile person. So we do acknowledge that female, by their nature, they are more of a health-seeking behavior compared to the counterpart males. So we say that um, it's very important that as a woman, if you see that it's taking a little bit longer to fall pregnant, be a proactive and seek medical care. We did mention that your age is important. Your weight is important. Your medical history is important. The frequency of intimacy is important. Your menstrual history regularity is important. Occupational exposure is important, all those things combined together, they form the the opportune moment for a woman to fall pregnant. When we mentioned the causes, we said they can be structural, they can be unknown, they can also be chemical in their nature. We bunched all those together to say that if the cause is unknown, that is when your spiritual component kicks in. You need to seek God more than you have never, ever done it before. Investigations, that is how does the doctor go about checking now as to what is the problem? We divided that into the male investigations and the female investigations. With the male investigation, we said the most important thing that gets done is checking for concurrent medical conditions. We made an example of diabetes where a male can have erectile dysfunction. Then also semen analysis where now we look at the actual quality and quantity of the seeds that are being deposited every time the male ejaculates. With the female, which is where I tried to dwell in, but due to the constraints of time, we could not finish. So may I please take off from there. So when you go to see your gyne now pertaining to the inability to fall pregnant, the first thing that's going to be done will be a medical examination. From that medical examination, we want to ascertain, do you have the womb? Do you have the eggs? Do you have the vagina, is it connected to your womb? In some cases, I did highlight, you find that the vagina is not connected to the cervix, or you find that the womb is absent, or you find that we do have the ovaries, but they are not purely um, with eggs. They've got tissue from the testicles, which we call an ovo testis, where that is mixed in that scenario, you will also not be able to fall pregnant if you've got that kind of um, of an ovary. Then the other thing that your gynae will do is to check your chemical composition. So the chemicals come from the brain. There's a small structure in the brain, which is called the pituitary. That section of the brain is responsible for priming the other organs of your body to release certain hormones that relate to a certain part of your cycle. So we want to know, is that part of your brain functioning properly? Secondly, we want to check, is your thyroid working properly? Thyroid is a small gland that is found around the Adam's apple. It's both in females and in males. In females, we know that if it is, Overworking, it can result in infertility. If it is underworking, it can also result in infertility. Then going down, we want to know what is happening to your breasts. Are your breasts secreting milk? Which is not supposed to happen. If they are secreting milk, that usually tempers with your menstrual cycle and you are unable to conceive. We also want to check how is your insulin levels working that is related to your pancreas. Shooting down to your ovaries, we want to know the main functions, I mean the main hormones that are released by your ovaries, are they working well? The main hormones there will be your estrogen and your progesterone. That divides the two sides of your cycle. If those are not working well, you may not be able to fall pregnant. If one of them is on the too much side, we want to know why. Also, we want to check now are your ovaries looking normal? That can be on ultrasound or it can be on laparoscopy. Some ladies get what we call ovarian cysts, which can be producing hormones that are affecting the functioning of your entire system. Then coming down to your womb we want to see, is your womb open? Is your womb the right structure? Some ladies, let me make an example. You find that the womb is there, but instead of being one nice pear-shaped structure, it looks like uh, two horns, if I were to make an example. That womb may not be able to carry a pregnancy, regardless of the fact that the menstruation is happening as per the book. So we want to look at that structure. We want to see the lining of the womb. Does it have grape-like structures growing inside? Those we can call polyps. Do you have fibroids or any other thing that we can identify which can tamper with your, with your cycle? Coming down to the cervix, some ladies have had procedures on the cervix like uh, I mean, removal of precancerous lesions and maybe the cervix is now tightly closed or maybe that uh, procedure removed part of the glands that assist the sperms to swim up. All of that can be ascertained during your initial gynec examination. So once the diagnosis has been made, let me make a simple diagnosis that you've got fibroids. The fibroids are so big that they are tempering with the size of your womb, that they are tempering with the the space inside that's supposed to be carrying the baby, that they are tempering with the functioning of your tubes. So those fibroids need to be removed. Some of us are so stereotyped to think that When you go for an operation for removal of fibroids, the whole womb is going to come out. In that way, you find that ladies sit with the problem. Fibroids are very vicious. They grow. Every time your cycle changes, they extract the the hormones that they need to feed themselves and they grow. Before you know it, they are too big and they are in now the real position where the doctor cannot remove the fibroids. If they remove the fibroids, you might be at risk of losing the entire womb. So on that aspect, I would like to encourage my sisters that if you have a diagnosis of fibroids, rather see three or four specialists and see if they all have the same method of treating your fibroids unlike going to one doctor or going to Google and Google tells you that you're gonna have your womb taken out, then you see it. That will further complicate and compound the existing problem. So now, say uh, you have done all the steps, the ABCs, uh, there's been a diagnosis, you've been optimized. By optimizing, I mean, if there's fibroids that have been taken out, if the tubes are swollen, they've been treated, or if the quality of your seeds, either the male side or the female side has been found to be inadequate, what is it that can be done? Is that the end of my world? No, there's still a lot that can be done. I'm gonna talk from a perspective of a gynecologist not from a perspective of a fertility specialist. That means that the information that I have is information that I am not practicing every day. It is a very fast revolving field. If you have a problem, I am just going to open the gate to help you go in and you will then discover the rest when you get to the particular doctors as to what is it that they do so that's a disclaimer okay so now uh let me make an example that we can work on it's a couple they are in their 30s they have a diagnosis from the may side we find that the sperms are not sufficient From the female side, we find that the tubes are blocked or the tubes are not functioning that well. So that is a scenario. So in that situation, both parties are going to have to have an assessment by the specialist. So for the men, preliminarily, they will give treatment to boost the quality of the sperms. So oftentimes the treatment works. We know that we need only one sperm to fertilize an egg. So if we can give you treatment that can benefit that just one sperm, then we know we will achieve the goal. But on the side of the female, if the tubes are blocked, they can be unblocked, number one. Number two, they can be completely removed so as to optimize the outcome, should we go for a IVF, in vitro fertilization. So what happens with in vitro fertilization? In vitro fertilization is basically the harvesting of the seeds, both from the female and the male. Then they are put together in an environment that mimics the inside of a female's body then they are allowed to fertilize. Once the baby starts forming, they are then replaced into the female. So there are situations where you find that uh, a lady is already of age. Let me make an example of round about 35. There is a problem of the fallopian tubes. So what the doctors do then they will harvest the eggs as many as they can from the woman because she is advancing in age and she has a problem of the fallopian tubes. So once the eggs are harvested, then from the partner, we harvest also the seeds and they fertilize as many eggs as they can. And then they freeze the embryos. By embryo, I mean that the egg and the sperm have already met. They have shared the genetic information and the baby has started forming. Then that gets frozen. So all that it means is after the family has done their tests, have done their treatment, they are ready now to, to have the baby. They just open the freezer and they put in the embryo. Then when we are ready for the next baby, we open the freezer. Now you don't need to start the process from scratch. That's the advantage of freezing embryos. But when you freeze an egg and a sperm, that means that when you are ready to have a baby, then they need to make the two meet together. Then it is uh, implanted into the womb. I hope I'm legible Oh. I'm writing a story here. I hope it's legible.
2: <laughs> you are, you are, we are hearing you clearly. I actually, okay. I actually do have a few questions, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to let you finish. Then I can ask my question. Okay. Or can I, cap- then
1: in some instances now, when you find that the anatomy of, or the makeup of the woman doesn't have a problem, but we only have a problem with the quality of the spurs. So the doctors will harvest, as many ejaculates as they possibly can, and then select the best sperms from that ejaculate, and then they do what we call artificial insemination. So that means that around the time when the woman is ovulating and fertile, you get that quality um, sampling from the ejaculate being put into the woman's vagina, that is insemination. So once the sperms are deposited in the vagina, they can swim liberally up, mimicking what the natural process would be. Then there is another form that we call surrogacy. Surrogacy now, we are agreeing that there is a problem of the womb carrying. In that incidence, you might find that the quality of the sperms is good, the quality of the eggs is good, but the quality of the womb is not good. In that situation now, we go and rent a womb. That is called surrogacy. So in that situation, you already have your own uh, DNA that is as a husband and wife, but you needed a womb that is just going to incubate to the nine months. The legalities of that can be explained when you get to the fertility clinic. Then there are instances where you find that now either of the two, the male or the female doesn't have the best quality or does not have the seed at all. In that instance, you go for what we call a donor, So you can have donated sperms, you can have donated eggs. The source of those eggs can be from a known person, can be from an unknown person. The legalities as well can be explained by the fertility specialist as what are the advantages of taking from a donor that you know, and what are the disadvantages? What are the advantages of going to the bank and choosing a sperm based on the profile of the donor and or the egg and the legalities around that, or the medical implications around that. Then the last option would be uh, adoption. Adoption can take place at different stages of the growth of the child. There's some people who adopt from utero, You see a girl pregnant and she presents herself that she wants to abort. You start the uh, the adoption process before she gives birth. So that by the time she gives birth, you take your maternity leave and you nurture the baby from birth. There are those who will adopt a baby that's five years old. There are those who will adopt an adult walking on the streets. It depends on the different levels. But due to the advancement of uh, medical care, I would say that there is no family that deserves not to have a child. May I just quickly brush through costs. I like to say that if I can take a loan to build a house, a loan for a bond, a loan for a car, a loan to send my sister's children to university, I can take a loan to go to a fertility clinic and have a baby. I always put it in that perspective. There's people who will say, I don't have the money. Money will never sit and wait for you, but you need to be proactive. Secondly, there's a government institution, Steve Biko. They accept all women from all walks of life. All you need to do is to check what is the criteria that I need to be admitted in that fertility center, then it is possible to go through the whole fertility therapy. May God bless you.
2: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, you've done very, very, very well. All right. I want to ask you a few questions. All right. You, You spoke about freezing embryos. Fertilized embryos can be frozen all right how first question is how old are these embryos after after they are formed these fetus how old are they to be frozen and then how long can they be frozen for
1: okay uh they there's different stages some they'll freeze a fourth stage if you remember some meiosis and mitosis, there's a a four cell embryo or four cell stage and eight cell stage. So it can vary from the practice of that center as to when do they freeze them. So it's usually within the first few days of fertilization because the cells are rapidly dividing. I may not be able to tell you exactly when or after how many days or so of fertilization. It varies from the practices of, the, of that institution. The second question, it can be the eggs I know 25 years, they can freeze them. The embryos, I think it's somewhere close to that as well. So, if- and quality is the important thing. Okay. Because so, everything there the, 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 is deterioration with the if it is poor quality, you need to use them uh, more earlier than if it is the best quality. There is also another way of asserting ass- assessing the quality, they call it the PSG, where they test whether the egg or the embryo that has been fertilized has any chromosomal abnormalities, and then that can be easily discarded before it even goes for preservation.
2: Oh, okay. All right, so um, I'm about to ask a science fiction question. All right, so a couple get married and um, they go to a fertility clinic. For whatever reason, and they get um, uh, embryos that are fertilized. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, they opt to freeze them and then, you know, uh, implant them serially, one after the other. Right. Question is, why can't they? have all their children that way say they want to have five children and they they you know freeze those embryos and then release them every year for the next five years is that is is that a possibility is that something that can be done yes
1: yes the the spacing is um is a is a priority of the of the families in South Africa, we don't have um, a strict regulation as to how many embryos you can implant. So most specialists would say the quality of the embryos that we have is maybe not that A grade. So they, you find that they can put four and out of the four, maybe one implants or all of them implant. So the order as to how you do it depends on your discussion. There's some families who will say, we are not ready for twins. We can't afford, we've just done a fertility therapy. So one at a time, you find that they implant one embryo. If it takes, then we will have one baby. If it doesn't take, we will not have a a pregnancy from that uh, cycle. There are families who will have one embryo put in, and it divides, they get twins. So it it depends. You can have um, normal birth. Normal birth allows you to have the spacing of your choice. Caesarean section, we will advise that at least give the womb some time to recover before your next pregnancy, which will be anything from a year to two, although two years is the ideal.
2: Oh, all right. Okay. Um, I, I have another question here. Uh, you mentioned about wombs that are abnormal, uh, where there are like two horns. What causes that?
1: It's a, an embryological abnormality that means that it is at the formation of this woman. So in our bodies, we have left and right. Then we've got some structures that that don't come in pairs, but we know that in origin, it was two separate structures that came together and then underwent certain rotations for them to fuse in the manner they did. That's applicable for our lips. We've got that frenulum there, so it was the left and the right came together and that's why we've got that small dip there to show where it came together same thing with the womb so with the womb we had the left and the right coming together when they come together they are supposed to destroy that space which was divide which which was which is dividing the left and the right so that we've got one complete structure so any of the organs that came together from left to right and underwent rotation, you can get some errors in that formation. They can be two horns. You can find a septum that is a complete division making a left womb and the right womb. You can find no cervix. You can find closed hymen. It could be anything.
2: Oh, I see. Okay. So basically it's congenital.
1: Yes, if I were to use a medical term, yes.
2: Right. And in, in those cases, um the option for the woman would be to, to go for surrogacy. There's no chance. No, of...
1: most of them are correctable, Pastor Church. Oh really? Most of them are correctable, yes. Oh. The, the most important thing is the diagnosis. Most of them are correctable. Yes.
2: Yes. Oh, okay. And though that womb will become um, competent to carry a baby after the yes. surgery.
1: Yes.
2: Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes.
1: This operation the first is. The best part this- is if you don't have a diagnosis. If no one knows what's wrong with you, then it's difficult. But if somebody knows what's wrong with you, there's always a help on the other side.
2: Oh, okay. okay. And these operations are done by gynecologists or by surgeons?
1: Gynecologists, yes. Gynecologists. Not surgeons? No. Gynecologists are surgeons because mm. they also carry the nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Alright. I'm, I'm going to not get into that argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are all right <laughs> okay all, all right um there's um you raised it yesterday um this ovo over testes phenomena please can we shed more light on it
1: i would say it is a genetical problem so when the male and the females, when the sperm and the egg meet, they share information. The information is supposed to be shared equally to the point that we either have a girl or a boy. That is carried on the XY chromosome. We call it an XY chromosome. The genetic makeup of a human results in 46 chromosomes. So the 46th one is the XY. So if for some reason, that sharing of information in that chromosome result in a Y straying, you might find that now you've got a extra chromosome which can either be the Y, or can either be the X. So you'll find people having a double X-Y instead of having an X-Y or double X and an extra X, like in the Turner syndrome, instead of having XX. So somebody with Turner syndrome is a girl. When phenotypical, everything says it's a girl, but genetically the person carries three, x is instead of two so that is how the over come comes about
2: oh, all right all right thank you i think um we are running out of time all Right, so uh let's let's end our conversation today by um given uh practical steps that people can take uh who are challenged in the manner we have talked about from last week.
1: Okay. Uh, Like I have said in my today's closing statement, that every family that has come together in holy matrimony is for a good cause. We all deserve to have children when we are ready to have them. So it starts off with Let me say from the woman's side, even before you are married, if your periods are not regular or predictable, there is a problem. Let's attend to the problem. Secondly, when you get married or even before you get married, I feel like when the pastor knows that the two are ready to become one, can I come in as a gynecologist and check if the departments are in place? Let's just get used to the habit of checking ourselves. Most of the things can be picked up early and they can be managed early. Then if you have set a time frame as a family to say, we would like to start having our children, uh, say after six months of getting married. And if that doesn't happen, please go and check why it is not happening. For the couples that come together as mature people, my maturity age starts from 36 going upwards. Please do not postpone having children for when you are 10 years into the marriage because you have come together a little bit uh, mature of time make sure that you optimize on having children a little bit earlier in the relationship. If you're not ready to have children, please go and bank your quality eggs so that by the time you are ready to start a family, your eggs are as young as you were when you got married. The other um, event that I want to paint Uh, Vividly is gynees are human beings. Please don't be scared to go for an assessment. And if you are feeling confused about taking a certain decision that the doctor is advising, don't go and lock yourself away. Go and seek for a second opinion. The second opinion can be from another gyne It can be from just a GP, but don't lock yourself away because by doing that, time is also going. Another thing that I wanna say is, please, 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 let's not make money the greatest excuse. There is help available without spending that much amount of money. And also, if you can make a loan for anything, Yes, you can make a loan for a baby. God bless you.
2: I... Okay. All right. I, I'm, I'm grateful for the way you have answered it. Um, well, anyone who is out there, um, I sincerely believe the issue of inability to have a child is not enough reason to break a marriage it's not it's not, it's not godly i know some men who have made decisions to chase their wives away because um she couldn't have a child i even know one where the man was busy accusing the woman and then you know chased her and she she decided to go and test and then of course she got pregnant by another man so the problem was the man who chased highway um, so I've, I've heard of the, that kind of case what i'm saying is for us christians for us people of god we cannot and we should not allow um, inability to conceive when we think we should conceive as an excuse or a reason to break up a marriage or to be miserable um, we can go seek medical help we can also seek spiritual uh support um that spiritual support part i think we're going to deal with it next week yeah we're going to deal with that part next week there is a social side to this issue there's a spiritual side to this issue Dr. Gameza has helped us in two weeks to talk about the medical side of things we don't um, this is Christmas this is uh, we come into the end of the year uh, um, maybe you need to sit with your spouse and make some decisions if money is the issue if you can take a loan to buy a car and take a loan to buy a house you can take a loan to do IVF you can take a loan and uh, god will give you the wisdom to structure how you pay it back but the joy of having that child will more than compensate for you know the loan that you took i'm i'm saying let's let's engage everything that we know to engage spiritually medically and otherwise and trust god that we will uh, have the joy of being parents Uh, dr Mm -hmm. gomez thank you so much for um, Helping us these two weeks for uh, uh, sharing wisdom, medical, science, and just being there for the women. Even th- th- what you do every day. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. All right. Thank you. All right. Um, I think we're done for tonight. If you do have any questions uh, for Dr. Gamedze, please send it to the number that scrolls on the screen, plus two seven eight one four two one zero eight three five that's the number. Um, we'll be happy to entertain your questions. If you do need medical um, uh, intervention, send us a message, and we will be happy to send you uh, Dr Gamez's clinic's numbers, um, that you can go to her practice, book an appointment, and go there and get the help that you need. But we are definitely here to assist you in whatever way. And if you need prayers, we are here. Mm -hmm. I'm anointed for that part. And we will pray, we will stand with you in faith, and we will trust God. You know, as a testimony before we close, my wife and I trusted God for seven years. And um, we eventually got a child, but it took seven years. And I understand that journey. I understand, yeah, we were there for seven years. So we know, I know, First-hand, my wife knows firsthand what it takes to be in that space of believing god for a child and hearing people phone you every two months to say is the baby there <laughs> uh, all those calls coming from home and all the expectations we know we've been there so we if you do need any kind of help um we are here to support you if you are going through that currently uh, you can reach out to us and we can share from our experience and our own journey and how God helped us uh, to conceive and have a child. God bless you. We are, we are here for you. We look forward to seeing you again next week, Thursday, as we continue this conversation around um, um, what to do when babies are not coming, when you are ready for them. All right, good night. I think we flow the curtain here. God bless you. Dr. GameZ, good night. Thank you very much.
0: There is an old age saying, happy wife, happy life, that most of us have heard at least once that suggests that in order for the home to be balanced and stable or the marriage to thrive, the wife has to be happy. The question to ask is, what does it mean to be a happy wife? Does it seem rare to hear about a happy wife, a woman content and satisfied in her marriage, Are there any secrets to know how to make your household happy? The For Wives Only Seminars, facilitated by Pastor Chuk's and Toyin Ogoye, are seminars that seek to teach wives the secrets and weapons to use to achieve a happy and fulfilling marriage. Whether you are newly married or have been married for a while, these seminars are always insightful and beneficial to all wives. The format of these seminars are two powerful teaching sessions by Pastor Chuk's Ogoye which have intermittent breaks, then a question and answer segment, which wives get to have their questions answered, then of course, prayers for marriages. There are opportunities to schedule for marriage counseling with the pastors. The sessions are highly interactive as wives get to hear and learn from each other's journeys. Who is the seminar for? The seminar is for all married women as well as engaged soon-to-be-married ladies women who have a great and wonderful marriage who are desirous of making it even better are encouraged to attend women who are enduring their marriage and wanting out are highly encouraged to attend to find answers and tools to help them turn things around in their homes even single women who want to start preparing for life in marriage are most welcome to attend as well